Listeners, it's Sam here again, and just the usual shout out for our brilliant sponsors before this week's show. Paces Ahead have courses for the start of 2024, and listeners, here's a possible sweetener for you. I will be there at their first course of 2024. That's the 16th to the 19th of January. Please do come along and say hi if you catch me. It would be great to meet some of you if you're there. But there is also a course the following week from the 20th to the 23rd of January for those of you sitting in the first diet of 2024. Not only that, but they also have courses lined up for May as well. The 20th to the 23rd of May and the 28th to the 31st of May. I highly recommend booking on early to avoid disappointment. They very regularly get oversubscribed. If you can't make a course though, past tests have got you covered with their market-leading online revision paces resource. I think most pacer sitters would agree this is more or less essential to have to complement your ward-based preparation. So to get access, just click any of the links in the show notes labelled past test. But enough on that for now, let's get started on this week's episode. Hello listeners, Sam here again, and if you're a regular listener, you will know Paces Ahead have supported the podcast pretty much since its inception. I've been lucky enough as well to teach on the course, and I was absolutely delighted to meet some of you during the course at the start of January. Not only that, but I managed to grab a quick 10 minutes with a few of the attendees on the last day of the course. I was joined by Megan, Maria and Varvara to give a first-hand account of the course, what they learned and what you can expect if you attend. I know I'm biased, but I honestly would recommend this course to anyone who was preparing for their paces. And you can sign up on their website, which is pacesahead.com. But right now, let's get into my chat with Varvara, Maria and Megan. Welcome listeners, we are live at Paces Ahead, one of the Paces preparation courses that uh, kindly supports the podcast and I'm delighted to be joined today by three cities and participants, candidates at Paces Ahead. Uh, so guys, if one by one you want to go around and introduce yourself for the audience. Hello, my name's Maria, I'm one of the IMTs down south. Hiya, um, my name is Varvara, I'm one of the IMT2s uh, working in London currently. Hello, my name is Megan. I'm one of the IMTs that uh, come up from Brighton. Fantastic. And so the whole point of uh, this very short uh, episode is just to give you guys a bit of a flavour of what to expect if you were to go to Paces Ahead. So full disclosure is that it's the last day. We're all absolutely exhausted. I've been uh, giving advice all week and these guys have been examining and being uh, experts, Paces sitters all week. So um, Maria, why don't we start with you? What sort of things have we got up to through the first few days of of the course because we're on the final day now but what did we get up to on the first few days so we've been through all the stations that we would encounter in paces so that includes station five communication and also multiple examination carousels and these have included actually examining the patients ourselves and being vivid as we would be in our actual paces examination Sorry, listeners, we've just had to quickly relocate as they were starting the afternoon mock exam for the last day. Um, But we're going to now move over to Megan. So, Megan, why don't you give us a flavour of some of the patients that you've been able to examine over the 
first few days of the course that you probably otherwise might not have encountered in your in your clinical practice yeah, so it's been a really great range of patients that we've seen across the week um, a lot of transplant patients a lot of quite complex um, renal transplant patients with multi-system disorders that wouldn't have encountered at work at all liver transplant patients a lot of different uh, neurological conditions amputations lots of we were saying lots of um, a lot of the common stuff as well as kind of rarer stuff that we wouldn't see at work on a day-to-day basis so you know great to get us up to speed on the, on the common stuff but also get a bit of a taste of the rarer stuff as well it's been brilliant so Vanvara, anything to add to that any particular highlights in terms of patients that you've come across that you might not have otherwise seen yeah sure so um as megan said as well it was a good mixture of uh, patients that we know come up really frequently at basis as well as some sort of more maybe rogue stations that might come up and so it was really good for developing that familiarity with some with something that we might not have encountered so for example we saw a couple of patients with marfan syndrome or connective tissue disorder syndrome and the yeah and the uh, complications that they commonly have so for example the cardiac issues or valve issues um, connected to those diseases so that was really really useful to see as i for example personally have never come across those kind of patients in real life yeah and actually it's been really refreshing for me as someone who is you know <laughs> meant to be an expert in managing these patients but i'm exactly the same i don't see these these patients very often in my uh, clinical practice and so maria i wonder if we can go back to you and ask a bit about the consultation uh, stations that you've had how has that sort of been structured through the course of the day and, and how helpful has that been for your sort of approach to that particular station So we had uh, multiple consultation stations, um, at least one every day, I think, actually, probably at least two every day. Um, And the way they were structured were real patients were coming in with real signs, um, and we had a consultation vignette uh, for each one, and then we would each take it in turns to go through uh, the consultation uh, timed with a viva at the end, and wherever the patient had interesting signs to pick up, then we would each also have the opportunity to examine and appreciate those signs. Sounds fantastic. And I've been doing the examination all week, so I haven't had much experience of the clinical consultation. But Megan, the other thing is the clinical comms, not just the clinical consultations, but that's also one of the changes to PACE has been the shortening of the clinical comms. So I wonder how you've found practicing that, and maybe if you can give an example of a couple or uh, a couple of the scenarios which you've been able to practice yeah so um again it's been a good range of different scenarios that have come up and it's been in small groups we've had an opportunity to sort of lead that communication ourselves and then also watch others so it's been helpful sort of learning from each other as well in terms of watching it examples have been sort of covering you know common stuff that comes up such as um, a new diagnosis of seizures and epilepsy covering all sort of driving related stuff of that um, and then also breaking bad news, you know, new metastatic cancer, all the kind of common stuff. And yeah, just covered a lot of different scenarios. So it's been really helpful. And I think one of the things that you've touched on there, which I think is really important, and has also come up a lot in the examination stations as well, is watching other people uh, examine and you pick up just the odd thing here and there. But also, um, Vavara, I don't know if you've noticed, but some of the patients here are absolute experts in their own condition and are probably able to teach you almost as much about examining them. So I wonder, are you able to just shed some light on maybe some of the um, maybe some of the things you picked up on examination or things that you have uh, been able to sort of pick up from others you've observed or maybe just things you've been able to develop in yourself through the more examination focus stations? 
Um, yeah, sure. So firstly, just examining loads of patients every single day just allows you to develop really sleek examination sort of uh, routine. So you really stop, by the end of the fourth day, you really stop kind of thinking about your next step, you know, in your cardiology, neurology, whatever it might be. Then watching other people really helps you sometimes to pick up these tiny things that they suddenly say, well, actually, this step I do slightly differently, and that helps me, I don't know, de- detect hepatomegaly better. And then I started doing that as well, and that really, really helped. So that was really, a really brilliant experience to do it with so many different people as well. Um, and in terms of patients, yeah, as well. So we had uh, so lots of patients are really, really talkative, and they're actually quite excited to share their experience because they've been through this so many times. They saw so many people doing it differently, and they also heard different lecturers uh, teach about their condition. So they sort of they've been many of them that have been doing it for years. Some of them have been doing real exams. Some patients told us that they do actually several of these courses, and so they just pick up all this knowledge and they become such experts that they would really, really tell us all these really minute little things that would help us to elicit their science much better. It was really, really helpful from that point of view. While obviously it's very useful for us to go on the wards and find patients and examine them, but obviously it's, it's very different there because the patients might not really know, and uh, you know, it's good to practice, but they won't really necessarily teach you the technique that you can carry forward yeah and obviously when you're at work and you're finding patients it's more difficult because they might be unwell had exhausting days they might have undergone investigations and what have you and so here these patients are exactly the type of people who would come in for exams because like you say they've got stable easily detectable not necessarily easily detectable signs but they've got signs which will remain stable and uh, hopefully um, relevant for the for the exam as well but today's the last day, as I said at the start, we've all been working very hard through the course of the week. So, and I guess just one thing Vavara said that I think is really important is the intensity of the practice. Whilst it is intense, and I appreciate how hard it is for you guys, the standard has been ridiculously high of everyone examining, and I think that's only to benefit everyone else at the course as well. And so, um, Maria, if we go into the last day, so what has the structure been like for today? I know we, we're not quite at the end of the course, but we're in the last session now. So um, what have you been up to through the course of the morning? So today has been full of back-to-back mock examinations, consultations um, and communications, which has been really useful with regards to consolidating the entire week um, into this one day. And just to echo what Varvara said, by the end of the week you really do notice that your examinations start to become automatic and you don't have to think about what you're doing, you've done it so many times. And just to add, um, I think the course was actually organised excellently and being on the last day now I can really say that and appreciate that fully and the course organisers themselves are you know extremely approachable friendly you know all the consultants and registrars who have been here to support us have been you know so supportive and so happy to teach and give up their time as well so I just want to say thank you um, and highly recommend you know this course to anyone who's thinking about doing it. (laughs) <laughs> lots of lots of nods going round. So, Megan, anything to add to that in particular? Yeah, I think I would just completely agree with what Marie has just said, to be honest. I think it's been a really fantastic opportunity to bring together sort of all the different skills that's required in, in the preparation for paces in a way that I've not had to do before. So you obviously sort of practice, you know, a bit on the ward, you do a little bit of ad hoc stuff, but it's really, really challenged us all in terms of bringing it all together and having that opportunity to practice and get 
personalised feedback has been brilliant. I think I completely agree. Everyone has been just the perfect balance of challenging us and sort of grilling us, but also really approachable, really friendly, answering you know any questions that we have. Um, and yeah, would highly recommend it. It's been brilliant. Yeah, Amavara, you, you've got probably the final the final words before we say goodbye. But anything to add to anything that Megan and Maria have said already? Um, well, again, completely agree that it has been quite kind of. Well, I don't want to say a relaxed atmosphere because it, it has been difficult and you you really do develop some stamina by the end of the fourth day, which is required for the exam. So that is also good, of course. Um, but I think it's so important that some of these courses, I understand, are, you know, as hard as they are. It, it doesn't help anyone to make them even harder by... I don't know, by, by creating really all, almost military sort of um, environments. Well, this course has been so nice. Everyone is just really approachable again, as, as people said. And also, the food is really, really good. Um, yeah, we had the buffet every day, and it was really good. And we had dessert every day. So it was, uh, you know, I think that these things actually really do help you uh, to sort of really learn better. push, yeah, and, uh, better just, and continue way. when you feel confident and relaxed outside of those already strong environments of stations and exams yeah well guys I really really appreciate you coming and just sharing a bit of your experience about paces ahead I'm really really grateful for your uh, your time and efforts through the course this week I think it's been a really fantastic course it's only the second time I've taught on this course and the standards are ridiculously high but it always helps when you've got people who are um, you know willing to make the most of the opportunity and learn so proactively as you have done so thank you so much for giving up some time to speak to us Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> oh, yes, and I should say, best of luck to all three of you in your upcoming exams. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, listeners, if you are preparing for your paces, I really hope you found that chat helpful. I just want to say a huge thank you to Megan Varvara and Maria for giving up a bit of time to chat to me about their experiences at Paces Ahead. And one last thing I just wanted to touch on is to re-emphasise what Varvara said there about the environment of the course. It is wholly developmental in its approach. Everyone is simply there to develop their clinical skills and to gain confidence in performing these clinical examinations and develop their skills in everything that's required to pass Paces. And I think Dr. Rashmi Korshal and the whole team there do an amazing job of making everyone feel like it's the type of environment where you're allowed to make mistakes, you're allowed to fudge your words or get things wrong because you'd much rather do it there on a course where you've got the time and space to practice than in the exam. So I just wanted to just touch on that because I think that's a real understated value of going to a course like this. And if you guys do fancy signing up, you can do that at pacesahead.com. But I'll leave you with that for now. I've been Dr. Sam Williams as ever. We'll see you next time when we get back to our usual programming on the Pre-Paces podcast.